Hello, Edgar. Hello, Gregoire. How are you doing? Doing okay, thanks. And you? I'm doing good, thank you. Wonderful. So, here we are in a follow-up podcast, which means that we will take on the questions and comments from our audience, from our previous podcasts. Let's do that. Okay. My name is Gregor Pierre. And this is Edgar Danielsen. Welcome to Discussions on Psychoanalysis. Every month we would like to thank some members of our audience and they are located in different cities around the world. At this time, we would like to thank those who listen to us from where, Gregoire? From uh, Monterrey, Mexico. Monterrey, Mexico. So thank you to those who are there listen to discussions on psychoanalysis. Thank you. And please give us your feedback if your experience of psychoanalysis is different where you are listening it from. That's a great idea. Yep. So as we engage in conversation today, we have a few questions. One is connected to a podcast we did on forgiveness. And then there are some other questions connected to the Neketsu. On forgiveness, it is not really a question. It's more something I wanted to bring up that someone mentioned how forgiveness comes from the outside. Either when patients moved so much away from whatever they wanted to be forgiven for or when it comes from the analyst. And I thought this was a very interesting way to put it. And uh, it resonated with, I think, what we said about forgiveness during the podcast. I do have a question. What do the person means by moving away from the analyst? Moving away from the issue. Oh, okay. So they are not forgiving the analyst. <laughs> they might be. <laughs> but the analyst is forgiving them. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, I hear, I hear you now. Okay, I, I get it. It comes from outside. Either the patient moves, so it's outside of where the patient was, or it comes from the analyst. Okay, got it. Now, in terms of the Neketsu, we have a series of questions. So let's start with those questions. And the first one, Grigoire, is what do you think of children reading the Neketsu? What would you say applied to them, if anything? I think... Children can read Nekitsu, especially the beginning of it. And I think they can uh, enjoy how things start, how the hero will start discovering others, will start getting stronger. The beginning of Nekitsu usually has more jokes. It's much lighter. So that I think a child can um, take something from The child won't benefit from Neketsu, I think, the way teenagers would, because teenagers will really be able to connect with both their childhood from the past and they will be able to project more into the future. I don't think children project into the future the same way teenagers do. Teenagers probably project into the future in a much closer way adults do. Mm -hmm. 
and teenager will be able so to connect with the beginning of the story through their past as a child and also how the story develops as a teenager through the relationship to the body that I don't think the child will understand the same way. A child can certainly like, appreciate the violence, find some kind of catharsis about it, but it won't be as useful. That's my sense. If I remember correctly, the Nakatsu marketed to adolescents. Yes. Okay. So the question comes from a place of, is this material suitable for children? Yeah. Okay. I would say the beginning of it. But for instance, today... I think children can find uh, Nikitsu like uh, Naruto or Dragon Ball very suited for them at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But quickly, I would say after a few volumes, uh, it's going to get more tricky. Also, I would say that the production in terms of manga or that would be more appropriate or anime that would be more appropriate for children would be something like uh, Pokemon. Okay. I think it's much more connected to how children think. Mm. Okay. Now, talking about the transition from childhood and adolescence and so on and so forth, one thing that you mentioned is that adolescents follow up the Neketsu throughout the years because yeah. the story is a, is a long story that keeps unfolding throughout the years. What about if the story has, or the stories, the series of stories has already ended and now someone who is not aware of the Neketsu finds, finds them? Do you think that they would experience something similar? Uh, it would be different? Well, it actually connects with children now uh, watching uh, or looking at uh, Nikitsu. I do think that the experience will be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think that the experience will be meaningless, though, uh, because those things are so long and so detailed and so enmeshed in the culture of teenagers today that even if you are a teenager and you're today, for instance, you're looking at Dragon Ball or you're looking at Naruto, Bleach, uh, Senseiya, you will still notice how the characters are evolving through time and it will, mm -hmm. it will still offer you some identification support, even if, of course, real life, in quote, identification supports are needed too and uh, are probably stronger. I think the Nikitsu even if they are finished, will provide a sense of support. But yes, I think this is a substantially different experience mm -hmm. when you grow up during the publication. So taking into account all of this that you have mentioned, what would be any advice if you have any for the parents of children or adolescents who are reading the Nagatsu? As I mentioned in the podcast, I think we should take them seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, you should listen to your children or your teenagers when they talk about it. You can ask questions about it. You can follow it. You can try actually to read it with them, especially for children. You can try to explain. You can ask them if they understand why a character did this, why a character did that. Uh -huh. Or more than if they understand what they understand. Uh-huh. Try to actually use that as a mean to communicate. Mm -hmm. The way you will be present to them around this area will help them have a better sense of leaving you alone. Leaving you alone? I think that for teenagers and for children, but much more so for teenagers, the question of loyalty to the parents is very important. Uh -huh. They want to get rid of the parents, but they want to feel safe doing it. Mm-hmm. And the more the parents are, I think, respectful of the children, 
the easier it will be for the teenagers to feel safe to let the parents alone and to move on safely. Mm-hmm. You see, it's about attachment. Yes. To put it in more psychoanalytic terms, I think for parents to be interested or to try to be interested in what the children are doing in a respectful way will create a secure attachment that will allow for a secure separation. Mm-hmm. That's my sense. And I think the, the naked suits are containing so many identifications, so many issues that the teenagers are struggling with, that if they can see that the parents are safe with them looking at that, are actually engaged respectfully in them looking at it, it will help them move on in a healthier way. I have a question here because you're talking about the capacity of a child or an adolescent to make a life of their own and uh, move on and separate, individuate. And they are relating to the Neketsu in order to find some kind of support there. Yeah. But Neketsu is grounded in a specific culture, which is a Japanese culture. Yeah. So are you saying also that the themes in the Neketsu are universal? Yeah. Okay. I think some some display, some aesthetic and some characteristic are deeply connected to the Japanese culture, but it resonates with teenagers. With teenagers elsewhere. My thinking starts with the success. And I deduct from the success that it speaks to people. Yes. But yes, there are many, um, for instance, the way women and men are interacting in Neketsu's is overwhelmingly influenced by the Japanese culture. Okay. The way you express your feelings, overwhelmingly influenced by the Japanese culture. But I can tell you that teenagers are on with it. Mm-hmm. It really speaks to them. Yeah. But it certainly speaks to them from a different place than it speaks to Japanese teenagers. Mm-hmm. And all the cultures in which one will read the Neketsu will influence the way they read it. But I really believe that there is such a success because it touches in a sense of common humanity. Yes. Thank you. One of the questions that we got through our Facebook page is connected to the Neketsu once it's finished, it's done. The question is, does a Neketsu want to be washed to begin with? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's more to the question than that. To that part of the question, I do not know. I would have to have a Neketsu in my office and see about that. Okay. Then it goes on asking if what you say about Neketsu is true, that it mediates the passage between childhood and adulthood, does it not then at its end want its viewers to move on as if to forget it? Meaning they are in the past, they are done and forgotten. I think so. strong part of my argument is that I believe that Nikitsus are structured in such a way that the separation will be made much easier than with comics, for instance. Mm-hmm. And I think think it has such a success also because actually it can be let go of and you can move to another Neketsu maybe but yeah the stories are meant I think they're meant to be sold I mean there's clearly a commercial aspect to it and there's clearly a commercial incentive in having a Neketsu last forever there's clearly a commercial purpose so but it really I mean 
at the end of the day, it touches people for the way it's, it's made. And I believe that indeed, that people who are stuck with the naked zoo are missing the point. And I think one striking example of that can be found with Evangelion. I'm not going to go into detail about what Evangelion is, but it created a lot of fans. And the Japanese too? Yeah, yeah, it's oh. Japanese. And the um, creator of the show ended the show after it was an anime after 22 episodes, I think. And hardcore fans were not happy. And they demanded another end. Uh-huh. And the guy delivered. And he delivered in two very weird movies. I mean, animes, but in a movie format where that completely broke with the idea of the show with an, ex I mean, an extreme violence uh, with characters who behaved in weirdly sexual ways not weirdly by itself but compared to what they did in the, during the, the, during the, the anime uh -huh. and and I'd actually I think I mean I can't remember exactly I I think it was during in a written article interview that the author actually plainly made fun of the fan base telling like yeah well they are jerks like I produce something and they want they want something else they want violence <laughs> they want sex I'm going to provide that to them but like yeah. really in a dismissive way uh, or aggressive too oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah aggressive quite, and dismissive quite. and I thought this is when when this question was asked on Facebook I really mm. thought about that example uh, how at some point the authors are just like yeah well I told you my story like if you can't let go like uh, too mm. bad for you or or despitefully like just provide them with something that is just for the audience this audience mm -hmm. that is actually disrespectful to um, what was created before could it be possible that this series was too short and didn't allow the audience to go through the process and the mourning the characters look it's possible It's possible. I also think that the show was displaying a young male character mm -hmm. who was a failure and who stays a failure uh, from so the beginning to the end. So that doesn't align with the structure you had yeah. mentioned during the podcast. There's no redemption. For no the redemption, okay. And at the end, you realize that the fight that was displayed during the show was completely futile, that it was also a misunderstanding, etc. And yeah, that, that didn't go well because a lot of teenagers are shy, emotionally wise. And they use a naked suit to find an escape and an example of how not to be, how to get out of it. And it's clear that Evangelion was really not good for that. So I think I think the rage also came for that. But as you're saying it, I probably how short it was didn't allow for a healthy separation. Correct. Okay. Any other thoughts that you would like to offer the audience? Yes, as I was listening to the podcast to prepare for the follow-up also, I um, had a few things to say, just two things. is that every time I say will, I think one should hear could. I want to insist that there's nothing systematic in my reasoning. I really don't think that in the psyche uh, one can say that one thing will definitely lead to another. Mm -hmm. I don't think it that way. It's, it's more like it, uh, it will give more possibilities, there's more uh, stronger potential, but it's, it's never a direct line. Okay, so it's not restrictive, it's more, uh, you're saying that you want to be expansive. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
And finally, I really want to emphasize that I do not think we should look into Nikitsu thinking that people created them to convey some aspects of the experience of growing up. If they did, uh, I mean, that would be genius. But my point is that many stories were created and that most stories did not make it. And the stories that did make it, and that's my hypothesis with the Nikitsu, did so because they resonated with their audience. And in the case of Nikitsu, with Sinjur's unspeakable experience. So it becomes a catharsis. But it is by chance. Like, that, this is really my point. I really don't think we should look at them thinking people made it in purpose. Cultural productions we do not resonate with the culture they are created in do, do not last. They might be reused later, but they don't make it when they don't touch something of the humanity they are confronted with at the time and space they are created in. I think that's very important mm -hmm. in my reasoning. I guess that what we know is that at least Nikitsu unconscious connects to the unconscious of the readers. We could, we could say something like that. That's what makes of the Nikitsu so successful. Yeah. yeah. Because someone is listening, so to speak. Someone is expressing and someone is... Uh, yeah, it's yeah. back and forward. Back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Any recommendations for our audience? Since we recorded the podcast on the Nikitsu, uh, Senseiya is actually now on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So if you want to uh, have a sense of what I was referring to when I talked about characters, which body was completely um, transformed into sea shapes, mm -hmm. go ahead. Not <laughs> all the show is on Netflix. I think it's first three seasons. So And the fourth one is the, one of the most uh, important. Uh -huh. Go for it. It will give you a sense of uh, what I'm talking about. Even if I think Senseiya is, even if the beginning is lighter than what goes on after that, it's still, this is one is not for children. Like you, you start at 12 or 13, don't, don't start earlier <laughs> than that, uh, really. And I wanted to mention a book I forgot to mention because it's in French and I wasn't sure, but still it's so interesting and important. It is from a French psychiatrist, psychoanalyst called Serge Tisseron, T-I-S-S-E-R-O-N. And he wrote a book years ago, decades ago, on Tintin et Le Secret d'Hergé, which would be translated as Tintin and the Secret of Hergé, Hergé being the author. It's, if you can read French, I don't think it's English, it exists in English. It's a wonderful psychoanalytic trip through a comic. He studies the comic in a very fascinating way. Um, really, it's fascinating. And actually, the most interesting thing is that he uncovered the family secret of the author that was later confirmed by no. the family. What a good analyst. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is, I can't say it enough, it is a fascinating study of the comics. Very impressive. Does one have to be aware of the comic? No, because I, I read it and, oh. I, and I'm not a big fan of Tintin. So oh, okay. I, I can tell you that you can read it. But if you know psychoanalysis, you're going to be amazed. And I think it's really something we don't see in the U.S., how to uh, use psychoanalysis as such. In France, it's much more, um, I think, uh, welcomed and mm -hmm. uh, acknowledged and as a legitimate way to use psychoanalysis here, less so. Yes. So, yeah, for the American audience or for any audience who can read French, go for it. Serge Tisseron, 
Tintin and the Secret of Hergé et le Secret d'Hergé. It's a, it's a must. Thank you, Grégoire. Well, I guess this is it for today. Thank you for all the questions and comments we received regarding the prior podcasts. Leave us a comment or five stars on iTunes if you liked discussion on psychoanalysis. And you can find us also on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud. This is Edgar Danielson. And this is Gregor Pierre. Thank you for listening to discussion on psychoanalysis. See you next month. Bye. Bye. Bye.